Hello everybody, Ben Rogers here, the Raptors Digest. Riker, before we get into Jeremy Lin, we got we got a huge announcement for the channel. You know, obviously we're a podcasting YouTube channel, obviously we have some segment videos and all that, but we're finally getting on all traditional pla- podcasting platforms. The links will be down in the description below. You know, it's uh, things you guys have been asking for for a long time. We're finally getting it set up now, so definitely check that out. I know sometimes people don't like the GIF loop, and some people really do, but uh, if you guys want to just listen, be able to scroll on your phone and all that, check us out on all traditional podcasting platforms. It's really exciting stuff, Riker. Absolutely. It's been a long time coming. That is the reason that we've been, uh, I guess, a little bit slower recently with our uploads, but uh, we've got it all figured out, so we're really excited now to bring it, I guess, to allow you guys to listen to it, um, to download it, to listen to whatever medium you want to. But we're talking about something pressing and important here, the truth about Jeremy Lin, Ben. And I think that that's going to mean a different, and specifically his struggles recently. And I think that that's going to mean something different for both of us. Mm-hmm. Because let's let's even preface it right now. For me, the truth about Jeremy Lin's struggles is that he was, one, overrated coming into Toronto. If oh. you really take a deep look into okay. what he was bringing before becoming a Toronto Raptor, it is overrated and then the second thing is that on paper and um, you know you're watching the game you're picking apart parts but really I'm thinking it's also over exaggerated the extent to which he's not been performing I think he's doing fine enough for the situation and he's going to be able to bounce back to me that's the truth about Jeremy Lin's struggles I don't know if you have a different idea well, obviously, we'll back up both of our both sides of this argument because I, I see Jeremy Lin's struggles as a kind of differently. As Jeremy Lin is a player that we've seen, you know, we both of us were very amped up when we signed him off the buyout market. He's a player that's shown to be able to come off the bench or even start for some teams and be a scoring punch, get to the rim, knock down threes. You know, his percentages over his career were very intriguing as our new kind of backup shooting guard player and. He's been underwhelming. Now, he's turned it up as of late in his last few games, obviously against the Bulls and the Knicks, having 12 points each, hitting three threes over that stretch. So, you know, it's he might be turning the leaf, and we'll get into that after, but obviously he's been very underwhelming from three as a Toronto Raptor, shooting only 21% from the three-point line, which, you know, he's a career 34% three-point shooter, so that's been that, that's been hurtful to watch as a Toronto Raptors fan. You know, he, he looks very unconfident out there in getting his own shots, getting his own looks. He's not necessarily the playmakers assists are down from where they were in Atlanta obviously his minutes have also been decreased a little bit but Jeremy Lin is a player that we wanted to see in the playoff rotation and there's questions as to that now but the biggest thing the truth behind Jeremy Lin's struggles to me is confidence when he's out there playing confident we can look at different teams and we'll break down this later but Jeremy Lin when he is sure of himself he's making moves wholeheartedly He's a phenomenal basketball player and could fit in phenomenally with this Toronto Raptors team. But unfortunately, especially from the three-point shooting, we see it especially. He's just hesitating in all of his looks. You know, his drives, he's known as a great finisher around the rim. He kind of halfways his drives. He's not really sure what to do. Maybe that's because he got traded the deadline, not familiar with the system, getting adjusted. You know, we'll break down all these points, but I think confidence is a key with Jeremy Lin, and if he can get it back before the playoffs, he could be a very valuable asset to the Raptors. I absolutely agree, and the reason I'm saying to my point, okay, mm-hmm. he's overrated, and let's have a back and forth about this a little bit, yeah. is that we are really brought him in saying that this guy is going to be a playmaker that the Raptors have not or did not currently have on their team, right, prior to the acquisition of Jeremy Lin. That's mm-hmm. what really got us excited at the end of the day, was his ability, his increased length and size, I guess, at the maybe backup point guard position, although he can comfortably play in the two, and it seems like that's what he, he's used to now, um, but his ability to really um, facilitate 
facilitate the ball, to make things happen um, via his scoring and his and his passing abilities. But if you look at, I guess, stretches, and that's the most important thing, you're looking at when he's coming into the Toronto Raptors, because you can look at historical averages over multiple seasons, but really the best indication is... The, you know, the most recent time that the guy's been on the court. And if you look at what he did in Atlanta, and of course the, the, the difference is he was on a much worse team. And they're losing, you know, as many games as they're playing, basically. But he's only giving you 10 to 15 points maximum, a little bit less than that. If you look at a stretch of three-point shooting, and then this is the reason that his over his three-point shooting has been um, exaggerated to be so bad, was because his he missed one, two, three, four, seven, eight games in a row where he didn't make a single three-pointer yeah. starting off in the Toronto Raptors. But he had the exact same stretch while he was playing on the Atlanta Hawks, and he bounced back to his historical averages, right? He was he was not scoring at a, high, a terribly high rate for playing about 20 minutes per game. Um, his He prides himself on being the best defensive-rated player on the Atlanta Hawks when he was playing there. The biggest thing that I'm looking for is plus-minus in wins and losses. So if they have a win and he's, in the, and he's a minus, that means his defensive um, unit that was out there really underperformed in a victory, right? And that doesn't happen very often for Jeremy Lin. So I think that really what we were receiving is not a guy that's a transcendent playmaker, scorer, or facilitator, right? He's somewhere really in the middle of the pack. But what he's... Compared to what he was expected to do, yeah, he's underperformed. But compared to what his actually probably potential this season is, I think that he's only slightly below that. And what we've seen the last few games is he's kind of coming back to par. So I think that really the issues with Jeremy Lin is is not as bad as what people are making it seem. Yes. So the, you said a lot there. Uh, to to first talk about your overrated point, I, I think there's certainly some players that look at Jeremy Lin because Jeremy Lin is a household name throughout NBA circles. Everyone knows who Jeremy Lin is. Casual fans know who Jeremy Lin is because of Lin Sanity. So I think in, by some people he gets very much overrated as being a you know a star in the NBA. He he's a very good role player, you know, and that's what I think both of us expected him to come into the league. So I, I think from that perspective he was certainly overrated. I, you know, people that thought he'd come in and be you know, a, a spark plug and be, you know, our top guy, it, it's pretty silly. But for a guy, I still think he's been underwhelming, and you mentioned it to a slighter extent, but I think he's been underwhelming from what he usually performs. Because you mentioned some of his stats are down. The biggest one is the three-point shooting. You know, that's the one that everyone has been kind of harping on him. You mentioned the playmaking side. Obviously, we have guys like Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry on this roster who are great playmakers. Jeremy Lin has kind of, you know, his assists have dipped as he come to Toronto, and obviously he's playing with better players. You can see his scoring dipping a bit because there's so many you know, scores on the Toronto Raptors, but you think as a guy that has the ball in his hands a lot, he'd be able to create more for others, but that really hasn't been the case, but he hasn't been awful by any means, but Jeremy Lin is a guy that we really need to just be a threat on offense, you know, because he's a bit underside, you mentioned his defensive sort of style, he's an okay defender, but when he's out there with Fred Van Vliet as well, you know, that's kind of an undersized backcourt there, because obviously two of them would be coming off the bench, so we, we really need him to be a threat, and when he's at the three-point line, Right, he's not confident in shooting the threes. This has been kind of changing the past couple games, but you know, he his struggles really haven't come against the poor teams in the league. You know, because he's had big games against the Bulls and New York, obviously the past couple. You know, he, he had that twenty point performance against New York a couple weeks back. Uh, he had fourteen points against the Pelicans, who are struggling and resting Anthony Davis. Those have been his biggest games as a Toronto Raptor. But when we've played against more stellar competition, the and the stakes are higher. That's when we've really seen Jeremy Lin struggle. I think that's why the stats are a little. Bit bit more 
you know, underwhelming than, you know, the reality is more underwhelming than the stats, because he's still averaging about seven points per game, which isn't very far off where he was in Atlanta at about 10 points. So I think Lynn, right, the key is him playing with the top guys, playing in meaningful minutes, and being confident in those meaningful minutes. You know, being able to take the ball from the, you know, catch the ball in the wing, because we see him get a lot of open looks, and instead of taking those open shots, he's just driving it into the paint, because I guess he's more comfortable as a, as a driver, despite the fact he's traditionally a good three-point shooter, right? We see him just passing up open looks, we see him kind of halfway in the passes, and, you know, for both of us to play basketball, I know a lot of people that listen to the podcast have certainly played basketball, when you're not confident in your game, right, that's when you start second-guessing your moves, second-guessing your shots, I think that's just the reality from watching Jeremy Lin play, right, and if he can just have that confidence, have that you know, 20, you know, eight, when he was 23 in New York, that Lynn Sanity confidence, when he was in Houston as the starting point guard, the confidence that the Toronto Raptors believe in him, and he's mentioned how Nick Nurse has given him a lot of freedom, the confidence to be on a top-tier team and be a, maybe not, a, obviously not a star, but a star role player, I think that's what is going to be key for Lynn, and ha- getting that confidence back where even when he had in Atlanta, uh, if we want him to be good, I think the confidence. He's been underwhelming. Yeah, but confidence, confidence only goes so far. I mean, if we're really talking about the crux of his disappointing nature in Toronto being a three-point shooting, this is one of the things that I'm saying is mm-hmm. we grossly overrated his ability to shoot threes because he's had stretches now because just like you're saying with games that you know he the team should defeat um, the easier teams, he has higher scoring outings. That obviously makes sense, but it's very similar for three-point shooting where he has a few games where he shoots at a, a high rate, and then he has games where he takes four or five threes and doesn't make very any streaky. shots. And this happened th- multiple times in Atlanta. He had a five-game stretch where he went 0 for 11 or 0 for 12. He had um, a four-game stretch where he went 0 for 10. Um, and then, obviously, in Toronto, when he started his first seven games he was not successful in making any threes so I think that really you're going to see him uh, in like a night such as last game against Chicago where he's two for two you know that'll happen every now and then but if we rely on him come playoff time to be a guy that we expect to make two out of three three points on any given contest I think that that's we're expecting him to really step outside what his actual capabilities are as a player so if we draw it back and look at what Jeremy Lin is able to do and that's, you know, you've talked about his assist numbers that are down a bit because he's not as much of a playmaker as we assumed he would. I don't think that that's necessarily the case. I think it, he hasn't really fit into the rotation to figure out how to do that because I think he still gets into the lane yep. with relative ease, right? And that's what's going to come with a bit more chemistry being developed and him becoming, like you said, more confident. But I think that we can't really put too much emphasis on areas that he's not great at. Sure, he's a 34% career three-point shooter, but I think that that only comes in bursts. I'm really looking through his, his entire season. Um, I, I'm not seeing him him be a consistent 34% three-point shooter. I'm seeing him be, uh, you know, a 34% in flashes, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's, that's a very fair point. And that, that leads us to, you know, the playoffs are coming around. They're about a couple weeks away. Jeremy Lin is a guy that's fighting to be in the rotation. Obviously, he's gotten a lot of minutes the past couple games now that there's been so many injuries. But in our as we've gotten more healthy, we've seen Jeremy Lin kind of lose some minutes. Obviously, in that Charlotte Hornets game, he only got six minutes. Against OKC, he only got 14. You know, so his minutes were dwindling before all the injuries started to come into play. But, Riker, do you see Jeremy Lin being in the rotation if he doesn't show improvements and specifically his shooting in those areas that we've talked about? Do you no, think I don't be see him. I, don't see, I, I could see him being maybe a 10 minutes guy, but I, I would mm-hmm. see him being completely almost phased out by some of the other players. Fred Van Vliet, of course. Um, he definitely would need to improve. 
and he doesn't have any playoff experience in the last few seasons to be able to speak towards or to attest to to show that he is capable on the higher level. So he's going to need to show a lot now regular season. They have almost all you know pretty easy games to finish uh, the season with, so he needs to step up big time if he wants to play 15 to 20 minutes per game in the playoffs. Yeah, so that leads me to my second point. What does he have to do to really earn his place, establish himself in these last couple games, to prove to Nick Nurse, prove to the Toronto Raptors that he should get these minutes over a guy like Norman Powell or maybe OG or obviously McCaw's out with that injury, so he'll be out for a while, right? What Does does his three-point shooting need to get better? Or as you mentioned, you don't expect it to bounce back to kind of his career average. So what do you think he has to do or what should we look for him to do to really cement himself as the guy that Masai Ujiri thought he was bringing in? No, it's, it's exactly that. It's demeanor. Because mm-hmm. we're looking at a few things. Turnovers, right? That's the marquee yep. thing. If you have a playmaker, a guy that you want to go out there and make plays, and he's turning over the ball, he can't be out on the court, right? Yep. The last seven games, he only has two turnovers total. Yep. So he's playing really well for a guy that's being a primary or secondary ball handler and that a lot of the mm-hmm. offense is flowing through him. Likewise with fouls, he's keeping his numbers down even though he's going to be guarding one of the tougher matchups any given yep. night, right? Um, if he's going to shoot, a th- you know, if he's going to 0 for 5 from 3, that's obviously bad. But if he's shooting 1 for 3, if he's shooting... Two for three, any any number like that is good from three-point percentage. But it's exactly as you said. It's not a stats number because we're looking at him saying his stats are fine. They're on yep. par with, you know, just a fine, you know, decent backup center or backup point guard or backup two guard. But it's what we're just watching. It's 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 the, the non-tangible. The exactly. He just needs to look. He just needs to go out there and look like he wants to be playing. Look like he knows what he's doing, and look like he's um, you know shooting with confidence. I think that that's really at the end of the day, that's it. It's just he needs to look like he's at, he he does he deserves to be out there. Certainly, that's why I kind of circulated my points around confidence so much because we see him very you know handedly play against the Chicago Bulls, the New York Knicks, the teams that are out of the running already. But in the big big moments for the Toronto Raptors, he kind of he really hasn't stepped up yet. So that's where I want to see him in the big moments going down to the stretch of the season. He really needs to play well, and even if the stats aren't there, right? He needs to look comfortable. He needs to not be a negative on the court. And because we know he's capable of doing things, especially his driving ability and the things he's done in his career, you know, consistently, right? He just needs to be confident in doing those things to be in the rotation for me, from my perspective. But let us know what you guys think in the comment section below. You know, we we really appreciate you guys making it this far. Check out the Twitter, the Instagram, all the cool stuff. As I mentioned, you know, all the podcasts are going on uh, on all traditional uh, podcasting platforms. So, you know, check that stuff out if you guys are listening to Interesting over there. Any last words, Riker? Um... No, that's it for me. Cheers.